Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory brings the next installment of his Connect 40 series entitled The God Kind of Faith. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Has God been good to anyone? I know he has. We are on week four of the God kind. We're on week four of 40 Days of Faith. And today we're going to look at the God kind of faith. And uh, I was privileged to meet a guy by the name of Stan Hill. And, you know, at the time I was what they called a boy preacher. I was like 24 years old. And I had declared we're going to build the largest uh, youth department in the United States of America of course, nobody believed me, and I can't blame him for not, uh, but he was one who did, and uh, he just encouraged me, right? And he said, Pastor, if we'll just do everything at the Jesus level, we can get there. And so, really, when we look at faith, we're going to look at it today from his perspective and the way he used it. That is really the God kind of faith. And so, if you're a first-time visitor, all of this information can be found in our Linked Up Church app. You can also find it in the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, but I do encourage you to follow along. I usually give more than what's in the outline, and I certainly encourage you to take notes. Uh, you'll be blessed, and God will give you some additional things. He's using me to speak corporately to everyone in the room and those watching online but the Holy Spirit will always speak to you individually. And so even though I'm speaking corporately, he'll tell you how that specifically applies uh, to your life. And so let's get into this today. We're on a 40-day spiritual journey, which is six weeks. Uh, we know Sunday, September the 3rd is the last Sunday, but then that week is the last week where we conclude our devotions. And they're all designed to strengthen and build our faith so that we can see God's miraculous power released in and through our lives. So we're receiving faith to lay hold of all of God's promises. We know all of his promises are yes and amen, but they are not automatic. We have a part to play in that. We know uh, that God gives us faith to overcome life's challenges. Life comes at all of us, and sometimes it can come fast, and he gives us faith to overcome it, for this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. God gives us faith to walk in his peace and joy, his provision, his protection, his healing, and his deliverance. And then last week, we spoke about the four pillars of faith. Who can tell me what those four pillar, pillars are? Now, don't everybody say it at the same time now. Everybody's speaking so much, I can't really get it with clarity. What are they? You got it. You got it. So, believe, speak, act, and love. Love is one of the most important ones. How many of you can't say you're in faith and be nasty towards people? Can't say I'm believing God for something and in the same breath say I can't stand such and such, right? So love is an important one. We have to develop that. But today we're going to look at the God kind of faith from the example of Jesus. And so let's look at our opening text in Mark chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 12 through 14 out of the New Living Translation. And this is after uh, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is actually the next morning. Uh, verse 12 says, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. 
So he went over to see if he could find any leaves. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one eat your fruit again. And here's the key. I'm only going to focus on this with this service. There's deeper meaning to this in terms of what he was speaking specifically uh, to the Jews and to Jerusalem. You know, this was a tree that looked like it was vibrant and healthy, but it wasn't producing any fruit. And he's really speaking uh, to the children of Israel because they were God's chosen people. And so they looked apart. They could say all the right things. They knew religion, but they didn't know God. And therefore, as a result, their lives weren't producing fruit. But I just want to focus on the disciples heard him say it. All right? Because what you'll find is if you only use faith for yourself and no one else hears it, it's probably an indication that you don't 100% believe it. Typically, if you believe it, you share it and you talk about it out loud. All right, let's keep reading here. Let's drop down to verse 20 uh, of that same chapter. Then the next morning, so now this is another 24 hours later, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered. Notice what they noticed, that it withered from the roots up. It withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree that you cursed was withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Or another way to say that is you can do exactly what you just saw me do if you'll just have faith in God. So we'll backtrack and look at what he did. He commanded something to do something and it obeyed him. So much so that the disciples heard it, and the next day they reminded him of what he said. How many know God wants you to tell people what he's going to do in your life so that they can say, man, they always said God was going to do that. And what will happen is God manifesting in your life will help strengthen their faith. All right? And so let's keep traveling. So another key point here is that it withered from the roots up. So let's see what we can learn from that. So Jesus' words affected the roots of the tree first. And a lot of times in our lives, we deal with things on the surface level, but we don't really get to the real root of the problem. And so therefore, things just kind of keep resurfacing, and they'll, they'll go away for a little while, but because we didn't deal with it at the roots, how I many you know it'll resurface, pop back up? Then we find ourselves dealing with some of the same stuff that we had been dealing with previously. And so how many of y'all have found yourself saying this to yourself? How did I end up back in the same situation again? How many of y'all have ever said that to you, right? And it's usually because you didn't go and deal with the real root of the problem. And the real root of the problem is something probably deeply embedded within our hearts. Roots there are indicative of the unseen realm or the spiritual world. So a lot of times what we've got to understand is when we're living by faith, a lot is going on that we don't see. Right? And this is why the Scripture tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. The best illustration I can use is, is trying to lose weight. Right? If you've ever done it before, you know that a whole lot is happening on the inside before anything ever shows up on the outside. And the way the devil will trick you is you'll go to the gym for four weeks. Right? And that scale didn't move for four whole weeks. And then sometimes because you're building muscle, 
you might get on the scale four weeks later and weigh more than you did before you started. Right, and what Satan will tell you, see, you're wasting your time in there doing all that exercise and sweating. Just go on down there and get you a, a Big Mac quarter pounder with cheese, large fry. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, apple pie, and then make yourself feel good. Get a Diet Coke with that, right? Because that Diet Coke's supposed to cancel out all the other stuff that I ordered. But in reality, if you would just go two more weeks and get to that six weeks, six weeks, what was happening on the inside now begins to start showing up on the outside, right? And, and so you've got to learn how to not be moved by what you see and believe that what I said and what I believe, it is happening in the unseen realm. It's happening in the spirit world, and it's on its way to manifesting in the natural realm, okay? I, I want to prophesy over somebody today. You are heading towards your dreams, your visions, and your desires. You are walking towards those by faith right now, even as I speak. And you're going to walk into the full manifestation of what you believe God for. But this is what you must learn from what I'm telling you. It didn't happen when you walked into it. It happened when you believed it. Let's keep traveling now. Let's keep traveling. So now, so roots are indicative of the unseen realm or the spirit world. Leaves are indicative of the seen realm or the natural world. So, so we've got to understand our words are impacting everything that's going on in our lives. Let's read Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 from the Passion Translation. It is really a powerful translation of this text here. Uh, Proverbs 18, 21 says, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Wow. That's why we have to be careful what we say over our children. Little bad, nappy little boy. Because you just made him worse. We need to be careful playing around like I can't stand you. You get on my nerves. I'm a little under the weather. Why not be over the weather? Well, you know, it's flu season. And this time of the year, I always uh, get symptoms and come down with little stuff. Well, you know, you created the season with the words of your mouth. You could have bypassed that season. All right? You got to learn how to speak life over everything that's going on in your life. I'm talking about even when it's at its worst, right? One time the police brought me home in handcuffs and brought me up to the front door. They said, is this your son? To my mother, that's my son. This is what she said. And that boy's going to be something great one of these days. That was my mother. Unsaved, right? But she said she saw me for what I was going to become and not who I was acting like. Speak life over everything. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Nobody in my family lives past 70. That might be a fact, but the truth is you're going all the way to 120. With your eyesight, your back rim rise straight. Come on, I'm even confessing this. If Moses had a baby at 100, how many know he was still popping at 100? 
I mean, it was still on and popping at 100 if he, if he had a baby at 100. I'm confessing until I leave this body. I want to be chasing that thing right there all around the house. Come on, somebody. Come on, boy, I want to, boy, listen here, boy. I, come here, girl. I want to love my wife until I leave this earth without no extra aid either. Nothing but the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Come on, somebody. Stay vibrant and strong. You better confess that over yourself. All the married people help me out now. The single, single folks doing all the shouting, all the married folks looking like, we don't do that no more. We 60-something. We don't do that in our 60s. You got to be out of your mind. <laughs> We're going well into the hundreds. Can any married folks just encourage me a little bit to, that want to go on that journey with me, right? All right, so now, so they will kill or give life, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. The consequences of what? Either killing things or giving life to things. But if you're going to be a talkative person, then make sure you, what you're talking about is producing life. Now, so our words have this ability to release, release life or death, right? So we're talking about releasing the God kind of faith. Let's look at three keys to releasing the God kind of faith. Number one, our words spoken in faith first have an effect, as we just talked about, in the unseen realm before their effects become visible in the seen realm. Mark eleven twenty two, New Living Translation reads this way. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. The Passion Translation reads Mark eleven twenty two 22 this way. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. The Greek scholar A.T. Roberson says, have the God kind of faith, which is where we get our title from today. So as believers, we have been given something called the God kind of faith, and we can release God's power into situations and circumstances by speaking faith filled words. I shared with the earlier service, the greatest day of my life was the day at the age of 22 when I accepted total responsibility for everything that was going on in my life. I no longer blamed my father. I no longer said it was because I didn't have a father. I no longer blamed uh, the fact that I grew up in a house with 12 people and we had deep poverty. Not, not just, we weren't just broke. I don't know how to describe this to you. Somebody know what I'm talking about. But if you've never squeezed that toothpaste thing, watch this, and then cut it and opened it up, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you've never took the ends, the butter, the bread, and still made toast out of it, come on, if you've never run out of milk and said the little milk left, I'm going to still pour some water in that so it at least changed the color of the and make me think I've got milk in my cereal. You don't know what I'm talking about because the struggle is real. I decided at the age of 22, I wasn't going to make another excuse about where I was in life. Everything, the exact spot I was in was because of the choices that I made and the words that I spoke. 
and I'm going to be 100% responsible for my life going forward. No more excuses. Greatest day of my life. And I want to challenge you today. Our life today is the result of the decisions we've made and the words that we've spoken. Now, this is not in your notes, but I'm led to share it with you all as well. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. It's not in your notes. And I'm going to read verses 33 through 37 out of the New King James Version. So, in your devices, make sure you turn there. Look at this. If the uh, media department can get it up on the screen, that would be great. Matthew chapter 12. Let's start reading. Remember, our life today is the result of the decisions we've made and the words that we've spoken. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 says this. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Now, how many know it's not talking about a literal tree? It's talking about a human life. So what he's literally saying is you either make your life good and your fruit good, or you make your life bad and your fruit bad. But the way we're going to know you is by your fruit. He said, oh, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is in the heart in abundance is going to come out of the mouth. And how many know sometimes pressure will reveal who you really are? You know, I love something that I heard Mike Tyson say. Everybody has a plan and everybody has a strategy until they get punched in the mouth. And sometimes life will hit you so hard that it will reveal to you what's actually in your heart. Right? And you can hear yourself. Right? You may have been free from cussing, but something will hit you so hard, cuss words will start flying out of your mouth. Anger will start flying. Now you're ready to fight. There's some things just recently where it has shown me. How I many you know things can lie dormant for a long time? But the right pressure and the right situation will show you, oh, I still got work to do. Anybody in here willing to be honest, right? And so, so how did it get in my heart in abundance? Let's keep reading. So a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. Now, that word treasure means deposit. So a good man out of the good deposit of the heart brings forth good things. Well, how do you deposit things into your heart? Your eye gate, your ear gate, and your mouth gate. That's how things get in your heart. Right? So a good man is going to continue to deposit the Word of God, positive affirmations, all kind of things, and that's going to produce good things in his life. But an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Well, how did evil get in there? Eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate. Listen to what he said in verse 36. But I say to you that every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment. Listen to what this is powerful. Verse 37, for by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So we're, we control that, don't we? Amen. By what we allow to get in our heart, what we say out of our mouths. Now, if you read chapter 12, 13, 14, and 15, Jesus just keeps repeating the same thing over again because it's that important. So let's go over to the 15th chapter, and this is right after he has this discussion uh, with the religious Pharisees who are now getting on him about eating food uh, without washing his hands. And, and you know, of course, he's uh, explaining to them that they're just the blind leading the blind. 
But then his disciples uh, heard that discussion, and they asked him, sir, could you explain that to us as well? And then notice what he says to his disciples in verse 16, and he says this this way because he's been telling them this since chapter 12. And I mean, a lot of times you can talk to people, but that doesn't mean they're listening. Right? Now watch this. So pick it up in, in verse 16. Look at what he said. Jesus says to them, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. Then watch what he says. He lists some things here. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witnesses, blasphemies. Listen to what he says. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So that's interesting. So notice where he says theft comes from. It comes from the heart. Notice where he says fornication comes from. It comes from the heart. And the Greek word for fornication is the word pornea, where we get our English word pornography. Now, can I just be transparent with you all for a moment? All right. And so, uh, of course, I, I was raised, grew up a little differently. Twelve people in a house, six boys, six girls. Uh, man, just everything that you can think of is all around you. Cousins, uh, my auntie had a son, uh, just a lot going on. We go over to my other cousin's house, and from the time I can remember, cussing, alcohol, weed, pornography has always been around me. Uh, my dad had a stash. My cousin had a stash. It's just everywhere. Pornography is, is everywhere. So you can imagine Seeing this from a little kid all the way up, how many know that really gets in your heart and can mess you up, right? And so I'm involved in a lot of stuff at 12, 13, young, too young to be involved in that kind of stuff. But, but this stuff has gotten in my heart. And how many know we typically want to act out what we see? All right? So now all of this goes on throughout middle school, high school, college. I get saved at the age of 22, and now, see, I want to show you all how faith works. And now I'm believing God for stuff, but God is telling me you got to deal with these areas of your life. Right? And so now I'm investigating, searching it out, and I realize that the pornography is leading to the fornication. Right? And if I don't stop it at this level, later on it's going to lead to adultery. Real quiet in here. All right, let's keep going. So, so now I'm 22 years old, right? And, and God is saying to me, you got to address this. So the way he told me to address it was to begin to study all the scriptures about it. And so I had to put faith in my heart uh, to the point where I could act on it. Then the next step was I went to the video store and removed my membership. You all remember those where you'd have to go in the back and it'd have all the little bee, bee uh, things coming down? I know y'all don't want to say you remember that, but somebody in here remember that. Had all the little bead things coming down, a little red light back there, right? You'd go back there and you'd be embarrassed, but you're so full of lust, you don't even care, right? And so you rent, you do all that, you do all that. And so now God is strongly dealing with me about this. So I realized I got to withdraw my membership. But then I withdrew my membership from there. Got to keep studying. But at home, I got cable. And at, and at midnight, uh, Cinemax and Showtime. <laughs> 
and HBO After Dark come on. So then I find myself sitting at home, so I just moved it from the video store to the bedroom. Now, can we just all be honest? How I many know you're not sitting there watching that stuff, uh, eating no popcorn and, and drinking lemonade? Come on, we all grown folks in here. That's why we got Children's Church and the Youth Department, right? We're all grown folks in here, so you're not sitting there doing that. And this is going to help a lot of people today, right? Because if I don't address this and get rid of this area of my life, it's getting ready to lead to a whole lot of other things. Right? And so you think about it. You know, a person, a male, gets used to playing with themselves, then they can over time get comfortable with another male playing with themselves. Same thing with a female. She can sit there and watch that all day long. And see, you get so used to watching that that you, you know, you start playing with you. And now you're comfortable with another female playing with you. And then a lot of people saying, I was born like that. No, it, it was born into your heart through what you exposed yourself to. You don't have to agree, but I'm going to still teach the Bible. I'm not trying to be popular. I'm trying to be right with God. And, and then we wonder why we're struggling with all of this stuff, because this stuff is in our heart in abundance. And then over time, what will happen is people will get so good at pleasing themselves, they don't need anybody else. So now it becomes very difficult to get married. Because it's very hard for human beings to match batteries and all the other stuff that people use. That light is in my eye. If I'm in church, can anybody say amen? amen. Praise God, Pastor. That's good, Pastor. Keep going, keep going. Right? And so, now watch this. So, for eight years, God has me weeding this out of my heart. Weeding this out of my heart. Weeding this out of my heart. So much so, by the time I marry her, she knows all of this. How many know? See, what you can't talk about controls you. And it's a strong indication that you're not free from it. She knows all of this. So, by the time we get married, I don't have cable. And I say to her, the reason I don't have cable is because I struggled with pornography. And so I learn, I know myself, and if I have access to it, I am going to watch it. But I'm not going to put you in bondage for the rest of our life, so we'll get it, but you put a passcode in there, and you keep the passcode, don't give it to me. And listen to me, folks, as God is my witness, I have not purchased, ordered, Signed up for pornography in 34 years. But how many know you have to do the work? You can't just say, pornography, I take authority, and you don't, you don't do the work in your heart. I hope that helps somebody out here today. If you don't get it at that level, it's going to ruin your marriage. Well, I just feel like we just made the kingdom of darkness so upset right now. Can the church give God a real good hallelujah? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. See, we're, all gonna, we're always going to preach the truth in here. What you'll learn about me is I'm not interested in a fan club. I'm not interested in likes. 
I'm not interested in followers. I'm interested in the truth. And so if telling the truth means that the crowds go down, the giving goes down, but man, my relationship with God goes up, I'm going to choose my relationship with God going up over popularity. You can apply that principle. I just used it in that area. But, but how many know I'm also broke at this time? I'm so broke that I'm wearing sweatpants up underneath my pants because I've lost so much weight from not eating. I'm walking around finding cans and bottles just to try to put a dollar in the gas tank. Big Macs for 99 cents. I'm broke. So I got to go the same process every area of my life. I got to get in the Word of God, find out what the Word of God says about my prosperity, study, order books, figure out how to become debt-free, read all of Larry Burkett's stuff, read all the Hagen stuff, study all of that stuff, get that stuff in my heart, begin tithing and giving and so on and being a blessing. And folks, by the time I was 26 years old, I bought my first investment property, sold that property, made money on that property. By the time I was 33, bought, built a house and paid that house off debt-free, gave that house to my mother, put her in it, paid off all her bills. What I'm trying to tell you all, folks, is this stuff works. But what we want is we want like microwave. We want to say it today and see it by 2 o'clock this afternoon. And it doesn't work that way, folks, if you're not willing to put the work in in your heart. And I can apply that to any area of my life. Linked Up Church started, and four years later, we were in this building. How did we do that? By faith. What's getting ready to happen next? Really getting ready to blow your mind. What, what he do? You're going to say, he did what in 10 years? I'm going to say, yeah, he did that. And what I'm telling you, the currency was faith. And you apply that to any area of your life that you're struggling with. If you're cussing, get to the root of it. You can't stop smoking, get to the root of it. You can't stop lying, get to the root of it. You got anger issues, get to the root of it. All right. Mark chapter 11, let's get back into the message. Let's look at verse 14, New Living Translation says, Then Jesus said to the tree, no one ever eats your fruit again. Watch this, and the disciples heard him say it, right? So again, you don't believe it if people don't hear you say it, right? I want you to tell a neighbor something you're believing God for right now. Tell somebody else. Don't just keep it to yourself. Tell somebody else something you're believing God for right now. Because it's going to bless them when, it's, when they see it come to pass in your life. It is going to thoroughly bless them when they see that come to pass in your life. All right? Now, that was for you. That wasn't for anybody else but you. Now, let's look at some letters here. Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 14, the disciples heard him. Letter A under that, notice in Mark eleven fourteen. Jesus didn't ask the Father for anything. It's one thing, one observation. Letter B, he spoke to the fig tree directly and used the God kind of faith to make a declaration that produced a noticeable change in the space of 24 hours. So in certain areas, how many know God can move quickly? Right? There are other areas you got to put the work in. Letter C, contrary to popular opinion, when Jesus ministered to people, he didn't ask God to heal them or cast demons out of them. He never asked God to do that. He just commanded it to be so. 
And we're going to look at some examples of that. Letter D, Jesus used the God kind of faith to command sicknesses uh, to leave people and demons to come out of them. So let's look at some examples of this. Luke chapter 4, let's look at verses 38 and 39. After leaving the synagogue that day, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, Jesus went to Simon's home when he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. So I need you to see those words. She was very sick and had a high fever. Notice the family said, please heal her. Everyone is begging him. Please heal her. Standing at her bedside, verse 39, he rebuked the fever and, and it left her, and she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. See, what we like is like flamboyant. We like all of the, ah, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over you sickness and high fever. You don't need to work that hard. You just need to command it to come out of the body. Save your throat. Just command it to come out of the body. The word rebuke, it's just three theatrics, right? And a lot of times those theatrics make it in the church, and we did that. That wasn't never the Bible. We did that to put on a show. Ah, all of the stuff we do. He didn't do any of that. She's very sick, right? And she has a high fever. And the only thing he did was rebuke it. The word rebuke means to forbid. So, so all he said is, I forbid you to remain in this body. Isn't that good? Anybody in here have any sickness or disease in your body right now, right? So I rebuke it. I forbid it to remain in your body. And I declare that your body is healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' name. Now go ahead and receive that and thank God for it. No theatrics involved. Come on, go ahead and receive that and thank God. Come on, it's working. It's wor the Word is working in your situation as we're speaking. Let's look at Luke chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. So Jesus had just told his disciples to head over to the other side of, of the lake. And let's pick it up in verse 24. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, New Living Translation, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging seas. Suddenly, the storm stopped, and it was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? So, in other words, they could have did the exact same thing that he did. They asked each other, when he gives a command, they were marveled at that. Who is this man that even when he, when he gives a command, the wind and the waves obey him? See, for somebody in here, that's what your life is getting ready to be like. They're getting ready to say, who is this woman? that everything she commands, it obeys her. And it happens just the way she said it. Come on, I say I prophesied over some males like, uh, and some man in here, that's what they're going to say about, who is this man? That every time he commands something, it comes to pass just the way he commanded it. I command that we are walking out of this building. Oh, let me do it this way. We are walking out of this building and walking into that next one. Watch this, debt-free. Yeah, we, yeah, we're going to walk into that one debt-free because we walk by... Come on, do it with me. Somebody just do it with me. Come on. Walk by faith. Come on, stand up and do it like you used to do it when you're in the club. By faith. Now, go ahead and put a little stank on it. Go ahead and get into it a little bit. Walk. 
by faith. Do you all believe that today? And we keep walking by faith. I'm telling you, somebody is going to say, who is that woman? Who is that woman that everything she commands turns out just the way she commanded it to be? Who is that woman? And who is her God? And how can I be like that? Let's move to point number two. As God's children, we've been given authority to use the God kind of faith to carry out his will in the earth. In Mark chapter 11, 22, 23, let's read that in the Passion Translation. Watch this. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. So you have to allow that. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. That is the God kind of faith. So he gives some instructions, he gives the conditions, and then he gives the results. The instructions are this. In verse 22, he said, have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Stop asking me to do things that I've already done for you and command it to be the way that I've already presented it in your life. Right? Then he says, uh, letter B, verse 23, say to the mountain, sickness. Now, he's, not, he's looking at a literal mountain, but how many know it's really problems and, and challenges that we're having in our own lives? So you've got to speak to it. It's great to come up and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? But it's better if you speak to your situation out of your own mouth. All right? But you've got to speak to it. So you've got to operate in the God kind of faith, say to your mountain, and then let her see and in the instructions, believe what you say will happen. So notice, the moment you say it, you have to believe it. So even when you see it, it didn't happen when you see it, seen it. It happened when you said it and actually believed it. It's just it was in the unseen realm. I mean, it takes time sometimes for God to work everything out and get everything lined up and get every, all, all the pieces and the places that they need to be to bring to pass what you spoke back there. The conditions was just simply do not doubt in your heart. And the word doubt there means to withdraw from. So as long as you don't withdraw from what you uh, said with authority and you believe, God said you're okay. But that's in your heart. How many know you can doubt in your head as long as it doesn't get down in your heart? I don't know about you all, but I've been there where my head is going tilt, but I just wouldn't withdraw from what I was believing God for. I wouldn't allow words to come out of my mouth that were contrary, that would cause me to withdraw from what I was believing God. Even though my, I can't see it with my natural eye, I don't understand it. God, I don't know how you can get me from there to there, but I believe you anyway. I trust you. Come on, somebody. And as long as it stays up there and doesn't get in my heart where I begin to withdraw and start doubting God. How many know I am still on my way? I am still in line to get exactly what I said I was believing God for. And then here, the conditions are do not doubt in your heart. And then the result is it will be done. You shall have it, right? And you'll notice in the King James Version, the word believe is only mentioned once, but the word speak is mentioned twice. 
So you should be speaking more than anything else about. Don't get up every day and talk about it. Say something about it in terms of what you're believing, God. I speak over this building every single day. This building is supernaturally sold in Jesus' name, and we pay cash for the next one. I speak over my son's life every single day. That boy is a man of God. He loves God with all of his being. He'll be the head and not the tail. He'll reach heights, high levels of success. Come on, somebody. That's why the enemy is attacking him so hard, because that boy got greatness all over him, and he's going to do great things in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I get up and say these things every single day, even when things look adverse. You keep saying what you believe until you see it. And I won't let go of that until I see it exactly the way I just said it. Hallelujah. Don't get comfortable in that seat because we're not going to be here long. Oh, y'all missed a good place. I said, I said, don't get comfortable in that seat because we won't be here long. And listen, I know it's, it's lofty. But we're paying cash for the next situation. Can I say this? Without a building fund. Oh, I knew y'all was going to shout on that one right there. Oh, without a building. Without one. Where are you going to get it from? Heaven. My daddy is rich. Loaded. Come on, he owns all the gold on a thousand hills. All the cattle belongs to my daddy. Come on, somebody. All the silver belongs to my daddy. Watch this. Once you believe, number three, once you believe, focus more on speaking and declaring. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. That's that song they were singing today about decree and declare. Luke chapter 17, 5 and 6, the Amplify, the disciples just got done uh, having a conversation with Jesus about how often they should forgive somebody. Now, I mean, you know, as human beings, people get one time. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. You, you, you get one time, you through. Right or wrong? I mean, that's not the God kind of faith. God kind of faith, you got to keep giving them another opportunity. Now, don't be foolish, right? Use wisdom, right? But you have to forgive them in your heart. Doesn't mean you need to subject yourself to them, but you have to forgive them in your heart. So this messed the disciples up. So the disciples were like, the apostles were like, they said to the Lord, man, in verse 5, Luke chapter 17, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and in his power. And the Lord said, if you have confident, abiding faith in God, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, which, is very, which has very strong roots. You see? See that example? Right? Be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea. And if the request was in agreement with the will of God, it will obey you. Isn't that good? Yes. So it's not the size of your faith that counts. It's what you do with it that counts. Faith has to be released from our hearts by speaking faith-filled words. So, so all he's saying is you can take something little and deal with something big, even it has big roots. So you could have been caught up and in, in bondage to something for a long time. How many know the word of God can still uproot that and eradicate that? And you can live a life where nobody will ever know where you came from or what you did or what your background was. 
The word of God will make people think you've been that way your whole life. God will deliver you so good. I'm telling you, you, man, people will think, man, your life, I wish I had your life. And you're thinking, boy, you don't know what my life has been like. But he'll do it so good. Kenneth Hagin taught this, that there are two types of confessions of God's word. There's the confession unto faith. That's when believers first start to confess God's word. Uh, they do so until they fill their heart with faith. That's Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, not having heard, but hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So at the beginning, you got to keep speaking it, studying, and saying it until you fill your heart with it, right? And that's just to yourself, until you believe it. Then you get to a place where it's called, I love this next one right here, the confession of faith. Once a believer has filled his heart with faith, their uh, confession becomes a confession of faith. They are ready to relieve faith from their heart by speaking faith through a word. Now you've gotten your heart so full and you believe it's so strong, you can share it with other people. So now you're beyond just talking to yourself. Now you're sharing that with other people. And Hebrews 4.14 says, and as much as we... Uh, believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Notice these words here in the Amplified. Let us hold fast our confession, our faith, and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in him as Savior. Now, I have a promise of $50 up here. Anybody need $50? All right, stand up, young lady. Stand up. All right. Come on down here. You in the you in the service now. You in the example. All right. Are you two together? That's your daughter. Come on up here. So so she by faith has your promise. All right. But boy, you gotta take it. And you gotta hold on tenaciously. And don't let that go, because it's yours. But don't let her take that from you. You take it from her. Help your mother out. A Keep pulling. Keep pulling. You all didn't hear me say that, did you? Keep pulling. Keep pulling. Help your mother out. A there you go. There you go. All right. So, so that, I said, you all, that's your $50 anyway. But let me show you all what tenacity looks like. Come on, Minister Johnny. Minister Johnny, let me, this, this man has some tenacity. Now, I don't want him to pull my arm out of socket or nothing like that. But, boy, when Johnny knows God has promised him something, man, I'm telling you, he had a house up for sale. I think y'all sold it the first day, second day, third day. This is what I'm talking about. When God is on your side, it don't care, I don't care what the market looks like. I don't care what the interest rates are like. Come on, your house is sale. So God gave him a promise that he was going to sell his house, and Johnny wasn't letting go of that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. A little more. A little more. A little more. <laughs> so, so my point is, you got to be willing to hang on to the promises of God even when all hell is breaking loose against you. Like a pit bull lock, locked on a, a, that's why their nose is bent up so they can keep breathing and not let go of something. You got to learn how to, you can throw hell or high water at me. 
You can say I can't all you want to, but I'm going to keep standing on what God said about my life. I'm going to keep believing God until I see it. I have no turning back in me. Come on, somebody. You have to have some tenacity about you, and you've got to have some want to about you that says, God, if you said it, that settles it. I believe it, and I'm not letting go of your promise until I see it with my own eyes. If you don't have that about you, Satan will throw every little thing he can at you to distract you and say, see, I told you God didn't say that. See, I told you that's not true in your life. And you got to say, no, God did say that. And this is true in my life. And I will get to a place where I owe no man nothing but the lover. I will get to a place where my body is whole like it was and the way God designed it to be. If you don't have that about you, this life is probably not for you because we are in a fight, man. That's why it says fight the good fight of faith. But I heard David say, I was young and I've been old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. I heard David when he said, a thousand can fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Come on, I heard Paul when he wrote to the Philippians, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I heard in Romans chapter 8 when he said, nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Come on, somebody, if you don't know that when you are faced with adversity, you will bow down and stop speaking what God told you to speak over those situations. You've got to get to a place where you believe God. What you all won't know is I walk around a particular piece of land four days a week, and I'm just walking everywhere my feet tread. God's going to give me this land. Right, and then I'll take my bike over on the other side because it's like 15 acres available right near. And I just get off the bike and walk into the woods a little bit, the safe part of the woods. And, and, and Father, you said everywhere my feet shall tread, you're going to give me this land. Then I'll walk past dilapidated strip malls and stuff, and I'll begin to speak to them and say, we will refurbish those, and those will be vibrant businesses operating out of this strip mall, members of Linked Up Church operating vibrant businesses out of this strip mall. Then I'll ride around other parts of the city and I'll see dilapidated properties and I'll say, we'll rebuild that property. We'll rebuild this whole block and create affordable housing for families and members within our church so that people can have a roof over their head. Come on, somebody. I'm dreaming big. I'm talking big. I'm trusting God. I'm out acting on what it is that I believe. And Satan is saying it won't happen that way. You're dumb for believing that. You're you're not smart enough to do that. You're not this to do that. You're not that to do that. And I have to say, shut up. I don't have to be. Because if God is on my side, can't nobody do anything. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? Shut your mouth up. We will own everything. We will minister to this entire city. Not one school, not one elementary school, not one nursing home will not experience the love of God coming out of this church. Come on, somebody celebrate with me. Somebody help me dream big. Come on, let's win a whole city for Jesus. Let's be one of the most impactful churches to ever, ever exist on the planet. Not because of the kind of cars we drive, because that's what people brag about. Not because of the type of houses we live in, 
not because of the private jets that we fly, but because of the lives that we impact. Come on, let's eradicate poverty in this city. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's eradicate GEDs and lack of education. Let's eradicate it in this city. Why are you talking so big, Pastor? Because we serve a big God. I said we serve a big God. I said we serve a big God. Come on, and if you're not believing beyond something you can do for yourself, you're probably not in faith. If God has not shown you something that's making your eyeballs book out of your head and making your mind go tilt, it is probably not God because he said that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are so much higher than our ways. Come on, somebody. He also said that eye is not seen and ear is not heard. The things which God has prepared for those that love him. Come on, you haven't seen it yet. You haven't heard it yet because it is beyond what you are looking at with your natural eyes right now. Come on, get out of yourself. You have greatness on the inside of you. You can be great. You are great. You can be what God designed you to be. Regardless of your background, regardless of where you came from, regardless of what they said about you. Yeah, you had a divorce, but God's got a better marriage for you in your future. Come on, I don't care what's happened to you, and I know it was bad, but I can tell you one thing. God has a way of working things out for your good if you'll trust him. He'll take all of the mess of your past and turn it into the me a message. He'll take every test that you've ever gone through and turn it into a testimony. I'm just excited about my God. Don't get upset with me because I'm believing he will do exactly what he said he will do the way he said he will do it. And I wish I had 10 people in here with me right now that'll just give God praise like God is who he said he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hand over your heart. Say, I will be what God designed me to be. Do you believe that today? Come on, put your hand over your heart. Say, I walk in divine health all the days of my life. God wishes above all things that I'll prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. Do you believe that today? Come on, do you really believe that today? Do you really believe that? Come on, put your hand over your heart again. Say, the word is working for me. The word is working in me. I will see the end result of my faith in Jesus' name. Now go ahead and praise him like you've already seen. Come on, go ahead and praise God like you already seen. Come on, I'm already in there. Come on, my son is already the way God created him to be. Glory to God. Come on, you've got to see it before you see it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got all of this power available. But how much of it are we using? If God can take this little boy from the inner city of Detroit. There's more stuff I can tell you. 
I missed the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I never went to school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. In gangs, fighting, stealing cars, breaking in houses, living in a gang-infested neighborhood. I understand when people say, I didn't choose it. I promise you it chose me. It's just, it was a neighborhood. And God can take that boy and take him from the fifth grade and earn a full scholarship to go to high school in the ninth grade. Graduate from high school with a 3.4 grade point average my senior year. Become the first black athlete to graduate on time from Bowling Green State University in 22 years. I'm trying to tell you, I don't care what your past is or what your background is. God will turn your life into something beautiful if you'll let him. Come on, any witnesses in here of God turning your life into something beautiful? He'll turn your life into something beautiful if you'll let him. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.